With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It is Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, everyone. Some of you might just be getting back into the groove of the work week after having the 4th of July off on Monday. Hopefully you had a chance to go back and check out that podcast where I took a look at the 2022 Steelers roster, at least on paper, and compared it to some really good rosters in Steelers history, mainly the early 2000s. It was a fun podcast and one that I knew there was probably not going to have a ton of downloads, at least on Monday. Hopefully you had a chance to go back and check it out. If not, find some time. If not, it will be all right. We'll be we'll be cool. But just as a quick reminder, wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. You can subscribe and follow whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. That's not just my Let's Ride podcast, but also all of our other content on the network. We give you three brand new podcasts a day, Monday through Friday, and that's even in the dog days of summer. Some people on Twitter are calling me Mr. No Days Off. I'm not the only one, people. I honestly am not the only one. Every single one of us here at Behind the Steel Curtain, we, we don't take days off. There is no off season. People always ask, Jeff, what do you talk about? Like, the season's over. What, what are you, how are you having three podcasts a week? What are you doing? What are you even talking about? I'm talking about a lot of stuff. And when you think about the off season, the NFL off season, you, the NFL season ends whenever it does for that particular team. Then it rolls into the draft coverage. You know, free agency comes up. Then the draft, then you have training camp or mini camps, uh, OTAs, and then lastly, you have about a month. And that's where we are right now is that month. And we're almost there. We're in the home stretch. You think about it, it's the sixth, 20 days, 20 days until the Steelers report to St. Vincent College in Latrobe. So, all right, let's get this show started. News, there is no news. That's a good thing. There's no news. Uh, A lot of people still debating the same old, same old on social media. Not going to talk about that. But in the second half, the news is that you all, the Ride or Die crew, definitely pulled through with a lot of great questions. I'll be answering every single one of those in the second half of this podcast. So don't go anywhere. But, you know, the other day I was thinking, I do a lot of thinking when I'm cutting grass. Um, I cut not just my yard, but several others in the summer. And I'm cutting grass, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, like they can't believe that this we're less than a month away from the Steelers coming to training camp. Once they get to training camp, you're talking about the preseason. And normally, normally I would say, oh, the preseason. It's so 
it's kind of dull. And as someone that has to write about these games and do recaps on them, it's just boring. And it, the reason it was boring is typically in a, in a typical season in the Ben Roethlisberger era, you only had a couple camp battles that would kind of, you know, sort themselves out. I guess it's a good way of putting it during the preseason, but not this year. This year's totally different. I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm cutting the grass. I'm thinking, man, this preseason is going to be exciting. And that's the title of this podcast because I couldn't believe I just, I said that to myself even that this upcoming preseason is going to be exciting for once. And I say for once intentionally. And the reason why I say for once is that again, the preseason in, in the past has been completely dull, completely boring, and I don't blame anyone for saying I don't want to watch it. But this year, it's different in a lot of ways. Yes, the preseason, the games that don't matter, these games kind of do, and I am excited for it. The first reason, the first of many, is that there's only three games this year. And I, I want to say this because – I don't think a lot of Steelers fans have thought about this. Last year was the first season that the National Football League decided to take the preseason games from four to three, and they tacked on an extra game to make it a 17-game regular season. Well, we know this, but the Steelers, their preseason was still four. Remember, they had the Hall of Fame game, and when they had the Hall of Fame game, that meant that they were able to roll out their typical four-game preseason format. What does that mean? Week one, which was the Hall of Fame game for them, nothing. You barely saw starters, if any at all. Week two, you probably saw some starters a little bit. Week three was viewed as the final dress rehearsal. And then week four, you maybe play the starters a little bit, but ultimately you're giving them time off. That's a four-game schedule. Now it's three games. Steelers are not in the Hall of Fame game. So you have to wonder, how are they going to handle those three games. Now, I think back to last year. I wrote an article about this not too long ago on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And I, I look back at last year, the final game. So it was the fourth game for the Steelers, but third game for everyone else. The Steelers made their yearly trip to Carolina. Now, they're not playing Carolina this year in the preseason. But typically, we all know that fourth preseason game was always against the Panthers. And I looked at the Panthers and how they played their players. Sam Darnold, who was their starting quarterback, played a half of football in that third preseason game. It's worth noting that the NFL, instead of moving the regular season up, they shortened the preseason and gave the players an extra week before the regular season begins. So a lot of teams use the final preseason game as that quote-unquote, dress rehearsal. So that's one of the very intriguing things that I'm thinking about heading into this preseason is how are the Steelers going to handle, and mainly Mike Tomlin, going to handle utilizing starters in these three preseason games? Now, you want to get into specifics. I'm really curious how they're going to handle the quarterback repetitions in these games. You have three players vying for one spot, and that's a starter in week one when the team goes to Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Well, but you only have three games. So how do you handle that? Do you give each player a start? Do you relegate Kenny Pickett only to the second half? 
Do you rotate the players? This will be interesting. I don't have answers to that. No one does. Only Mike Tomlin knows how they're going to handle the preseason. But in terms of the quarterback competition, it is going to be something to watch. But I want the one reason, the one takeaway I thought of as I continued to think about the preseason was how there's so much uncertainty about the Steelers from a roster standpoint heading into this preseason. And I could go down a lengthy list, and I'm going to talk about some here, of why fans, you should be at least intrigued. You might not be excited based on the fact that excitement typically carries some meaning. And these games are meaningless in terms of the win-loss, but they are not meaningless in terms of how this roster shapes up. So give you an example. Inside linebacker, I'm really curious what the Steelers are going to do with inside linebacker. I not I don't just want to see Miles Jack and Devin Bush. I want to see Devin Bush. I want to see if he's healed, if he trusts his knee a little bit more. I want to see Miles Jack and how he's acclimated to the scheme in Pittsburgh. I want to see Buddy Johnson, second-year guy, fourth-round draft pick out of Texas A&M. Is he the thumper that we all hope he will be? and could really answer some questions about the Steelers in terms of that inside linebacker position? I don't know. No one knows, but you know what we'll see. We'll see a lot of him in the preseason, see if he's maybe developed into that player. May also be sticking with the inside linebacker position. Well, how are they going to use players like Marcus Allen, Miles Killebrew, Robert Spillane? This is going to be really interesting. I continue. Cornerback. Yeah, everyone's talking about the Steelers only have two, you know, they only have backup cornerbacks. They don't have a cornerback one. They have a bunch of CB2s, all this stuff. I want to see how they utilize and how they deploy those corners. You know, is Akello Witherspoon matched up with Levi Wallace as the starting tandem? Is Levi Wallace flexing to the to the slot at times and someone like James Pierre going in on the outside? What about Cam Sutton? Where does he fall into this mix? Is he an outside cornerback? Do they rotate these players in based on their sub package? Meaning, is Akello Witherspoon going to be in mainly in situations where it's man coverage? That's where he excels. Or is he going to be your every down outside cornerback? We don't know the answer to these questions, but guess when we're going to start to figure these out in the preseason. I want to see running back depth. I would not expect the Steelers to run Najee Harris too much in the preseason. Why? You don't have to. He doesn't need to prove anything, but there's a lot of people on that running back depth chart that have a lot to prove. That's Benny Snell Jr., Anthony McFarland, those undrafted, uh, I think it's uh, Manteo Durant is one of them, Uh, Jalen, I forget his last name. They have a couple guys that could turn some heads. That happens in the preseason when they get those opportunities. Everyone's clamoring for the Steelers to go out and bring in a name at running back. I get it. But I think in the preseason is where we're going to see some of this depth maybe show out and say they don't need to bring in someone because they have maybe a hidden gem there. Also, let's not forget the coaching staff. Matt Canada, yet no longer does he have the crutch of, well, it's a quarterback that's not really buying into the system, and it's a quarterback that can't move. And the offensive line, we didn't really put a lot of, we didn't really utilize a lot of capital, whether it's, Free agency, we just didn't get the guys we wanted. That cannot be his crutch this year. Ben Roethlisberger, retired. In are three quarterbacks that can run his offense. They're mobile enough. They know how to run the RPOs. 
Definitely Trubisky and Pickett do. Rudolph, I'm not so sure, but still, he's a younger quarterback. He can move, has the arm talent. And so Matt Canada's offense, you want to see it start to take shape. Also, on the other side of the football, Terrell Austin, first year as the defensive coordinator for the Steelers. What does that look like? Does Brian Flores have his fingerprint on the defense as well? These are all very valid questions. And what's really sad is as I'm talking about the preseason, is that we won't know the answer. We won't get a full feel for either the offense or the defense until the, until the regular season starts. When the actual games start to count, that's when we'll know. But still, it's going to be a first glimpse into some of this stuff. It's going to be exciting. Also, the seven rookies, whether it's Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, DeMarvin Leal, Calvin Austin III, Connor Hayward, Mark Robinson. Uh, I could go, obviously, could go on with even Chris Oladokun. How do these players look? They're going to see a ton of time in the preseason. That's what everyone wants to see of these new young players. Something that not a lot of people are talking about, there's an article that's it's going to run today, Wednesday, 8.15 a.m. at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Our own Shannon White. You can also hear him on The Hangover on Monday nights and on Know Your Enemy on Wednesdays. Shannon wrote a great article about Isaiah Loudermilk and why he thinks he should be the starting defensive end based on his run-stuffing prowess. But that defensive line rotation, we know, too, it's not coming back. There's no longer the, well, what if? It's it's decided. So what is everyone else going to be doing? How did that, how's that gonna, Is Wormley going to get the start? Is he going to play a lot? Are they going to really see what DeMarvin Leal can do in terms of position flexibility? How does Larry fit into all of this? Montravius Adams. What about the Davis brothers? Henry Mondo. We're going to see a lot of those players. And, of course, come on, people. If you are part of the Ride or Die crew and you don't miss one of my podcasts, whether it's off-season, in-season, doesn't matter, you know I'm going to talk about the quarterbacks. You know I'm going to talk about the quarterbacks. Of course the quarterback battle is going to be interesting. And no, not just from a who starts standpoint. I've said it for a long time now that every single pass these guys throw from the moment they come into minicamp till the moment training camp ends and the preseason wraps up is going to have a massive amount of significance. And so that pre that pressure is going to it's going to carry into the preseason obviously. It's going to be something to watch. Whether it's Kenny Pickett in the fourth quarter or third quarter or second quarter throwing against backups, I don't care. You have to make the throws and make the plays when they present themselves. Mitch Trubisky, if he starts, how does he look? Does he look smooth? Does he look fluid? Is he reading the field well? These players are going to be under a microscope, not just from the coaching staff, but from the fan base as well. So don't think there's not pressure there. I love that pressure. I welcome that pressure. As a fan, I want to see how these players handle that pressure. So all of that, all of that and much more that I could have talked about are reasons why this 2022 preseason, in my opinion, will be must-watch television for the Steelers fan base. You may disagree and say, Jeff, this doesn't matter. Maybe I would agree with you in 2019, 2020, and even 2021. But in 2022, with all this change, I can't agree with you. And what's crazy is that two out of the three games will be nationally televised for fans to watch. 
One of them is, I believe, on NBC. One of them is on the NFL Network. And then the other one, you'll have to find a way to watch it. You could get NFL Game Pass the trial for one week and then cancel it. You could watch it that way. That absolutely could work. But still, the 2022 preseason will be must-watch TV for the Steelers fans for a lot of reasons. And I am excited for it. I am here for it. What else I'm here for? My Ride or Die crew questions coming up right after this break. The mailbag. Stay tuned. show mailbag i sent out the tweet if you ever wondered how do i get my question answered all you have to do is follow me on twitter at j hartman h-a-r-t-m-a-n underscore p-i-t i put out the question on tuesday I did it really early on tuesday morning this time i was like i'm gonna give guys time and gals guys and gals time to put in questions and we got a lot of good responses so let's get right to things brian haynes asked several questions first one choosing one year's offense and defense and a head coach from the last 25 years, what would you choose for a Super Bowl roster? Okay, so on offense, I'll take the 2017 offense. Uh, it was the Killer Bees. And I'm going to take the defense of 2008. I think that is one heck of a roster when you think about what the offense could do matched with that 2008 uh, defense. They were just phenomenal, dominant, every stretch of the word. Good question. Next one from Brian. Is this the year the trick play comes back? When was the last successful non-quarterback, non-kicker throw? Can Canada find something to improve our jet sweeps? Hashtag ride or die crew. So I, I didn't I didn't preview these questions. So I cannot tell you the last non-quarterback, non-kicker throw that was successful. Um, yeah, that was tough. I mean, I, I could tell you a lot of botched plays if that counts, but no, I that it's I would love to see the trick play return. I've said that many times. Brian's next question: Who is a better motivator, Bill Cowher or Mike Tomlin? This is a this is a good one. It's also difficult to answer based on the fact that I've never been in a locker room with these gentlemen. I've never you know ever had any interaction with them outside of just watching them on television. I would say that the better motivator is Mike Tomlin. And that's just because he has a very unique way of connecting with his players. And not every coach can do that. It's not easy. It's it's He's not the young guy anymore, and he still can do it. And that says a lot. Last one from Brian. Would you rather see the Steelers lose every game or make it to the AFC Championship game and lose to Baltimore 50-49? to Oh, gosh, that's awful. I would rather them have success, though. I'd rather have them see them win some games than lose all of them. Southside Doc asks, what aspect of Coach Cowher's personality and experience would you add to Coach Tomlin? What about the reverse? Do you think that either combination would have won more Super Bowls? So if I'm taking an aspect of Cowher's personality, I would say that Bill Cowher, especially later in his career, he learned to kind of keep his cards close to the vest. He was guarded with what he said. He was guarded with how he acted. He wasn't running up and down the sidelines anymore and kissing Joey Porter on the neck. And Tomlin is still very, very much an open book. I love that about him, but I think that if there was one part of Cowher's personality, it would be the development of kind of the calmer mentality. Uh, The reverse, I would say that Cowher 
from Tomlin is how to address the media. Cowher used to get so angry with the media. Tomlin does, but it's different. He has a way of wording things and talking out of situations. So I know that's not necessarily related to the X's and O's, but you kind of asked about personalities. That's where I'm going to go with that. Cheeseball10 asks, what is the most influential thing a coach has ever said to you? That is, I've had some great coaches in my life. Um, my high school baseball coach is the reason why I went into teaching and what I teach. Um, my high school baseball coach was who got one who basically influenced me so much. I wanted to become a coach and I used a lot of his coaching methods, even though I didn't coach baseball when I coached lacrosse. Uh, I, I would say that, you know, considering he is, um, probably my, the most influential coach I've ever had in my life. It was one thing he used to say that I've always carried over into other avenues, other sports, and even in everyday life. We used to have the nicest bats money can buy. We, I went to a private school. Um, you know, we had a lot of money within our program. And sometimes the players that were struggling would blame the bats. They would say, these bats suck. These bats suck, man. And sometimes Coach E would hear that. And he'd say, what did you say? nothing. And he said, I heard exactly what you said. He said, let me ask you this question. If a carpenter goes into a house and is tasked with doing a job and does the job poorly, does he blame his tools? And they looked at him. He said, the answer is no, it's not the bats. It's the person swinging the bats. And I took that over to golf. It's the same thing. And people will always say, well, you can buy yourself a golf game, meaning the newest technology makes it easier for players to fix things, but you still have to be able to swing the club. It basically comes down to a no excuse thing. I'm not going to blame someone else. I'm not going to blame something else for my ineptitude in whatever I'm doing. I do a bad job at work. I'm not going to blame the computer or blame a pen. I'm going to blame myself. I'm the one that made a mistake. It's ownership. And there's been several times where, believe me or not, that ownership, even outside of athletics, it pays off if you just own it. Don't try to hide it, just own it, and understand that if you make a mistake or if it's your fault, own it. That's kind of the the most influential thing that I can say right now. Good question, Cheeseball. Britsburg Owen, what are your tips for presenting podcasts? And do you think the Steelers need to sign some quality tackle depth like Fisher or Crosby? I'll ask the answer the second part first. Um, I, I do, I wouldn't mind them adding tackle depth, but I'm not going to do anything before training camp. Just let's wait and see how things pan out in camp at, at, in Latrobe. Let's just push the pause button. In terms of your top tips for presenting podcasts, I, presenting podcasts is a very, I don't know what exactly you're specifically talking about. I will tell you this about podcasting. If you are a podcaster and you want to be successful in this realm, you need to be doing several things. You need to be ridiculously organized. You need to know and listen and critique yourself, meaning you need to be able to say that when you listen to yourself, could I listen to myself if I was just a listener? Because you have to speak clearly. You have to have a voice that makes people want to tune in. And then the third thing is you have to kind of create your own environment. This ride or die crew thing, it kind of grew from its own. I did not, I don't, I don't even know who, I can't even remember who thought of it, but it's it's kind of taken on a, it's its own entity. 
And I love the Ride or Die crew. And I communicate with you all on Twitter all the time. And it's become my own little niche in this space. You have to foster that culture. You have to be willing to answer questions and not berate people on social media. You can have your opinions, but you can't tell other people's theirs aren't valid. It's their opinions. Just a few tips. There you go. Dave Dixon says, been thinking about Zach Gentry this offseason. Considering he was a quarterback in college, do you think Canada will get his arm involved for some trick plays? Could be cool. Love the show. Thanks, Jeff. Good point, Dave, that Zach Gentry was a former uh, quarterback at Michigan until he was converted to a tight end. I don't know if they would utilize him in that way. I'm not sure how they would from the tight end position. Uh, If we see Zach Gentry lining up in the backfield sometimes, that might be a tip, but that's a really good point. Really good point. Pritzberg Owen asks another one. What is Benny Snell football? Because if how he plays now is it, he needs to be cut. Someone like Justin Jackson, Jordan Howard, or David Johnson would make a better RB two. Well, Okay, everyone wants to down on Benny Snell Jr. I'm, I'm not in that crowd. I really am not. I want to see what he can do, give him a better offensive line, have a coaching staff that's willing to put him in situations where he could maybe see some success. He also is going to be a heck of a lot cheaper than those other guys. So I'm not bringing in anyone else if the plan is still to have Najee Harris be the guy all the time. I hope that makes sense. Why would you spend extra money if they're still going to pump Najee Harris out there plays one, two, and three every single drive, and then when he needs a break, then he gets one playoff and he goes back in. I don't need to spend extra money for that. Let's see how the running back position plays out. Eric Askew says, if you had had any, if you had an all-expense-paid trip to any golf course in the world, where would it be and why? You can include any mini golf courses if you want. <laughs> All right, good question. Uh, since I'm a golfer, but this is a really easy one for me. Uh, to me, the people will talk about courses like Pebble Beach and TPC at Sawgrass down in Florida with the Island Green number seventeen. Uh, they'll they'll talk about uh, you know Whistling Straits, uh, these world renowned golf courses. But to me, there's only one. There's only one. That is Augusta National. If I had an all-expense-paid trip, there's no doubt. That's, I'm not going to the old course where the British Open is this year. I'm not going there to St. Andrews. I'm, I'm not going to Oakmont in Pittsburgh or outside of Pittsburgh. I'm going to Augusta National. I'm going to play the same course, my favorite tournament, the Masters. That's where I'm playing. Great question. Kit Covington says, let's say you can only pick one. J.C. Hassenauer competent backup at center, but unreliable so far covering guard. Or John Leglu, okay playing guard, is played at tackle and center, but unsure how reliable he'd be covering those positions. Who gets the roster spot for you? If Leglu can improve at guard, can still show flexibility to tackle, I'm taking Leglu. Because to me, Hassenauer, unless somehow he is way better than Kendrick Green, he is basically Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green is on a second-year rookie contract. You keep him. You get rid of J.C. Hasnard. You keep LeGlue. He gives you some flexibility to tackle. That's who I'm taking. Great question, though. Will Caldwell asks a couple. Hey, Jeff, who was your favorite player to watch from the 08 Steelers defense? The 2019 defense was pretty dominant. How does it rank for you against other top Steelers years? In 08, my favorite player, it was Troy Palomalu on defense. He was ridiculous in every stretch of the word 
And the way that he impacted the game, I don't know if we'll ever see a player do that from a secondary standpoint like that again. You, you had that era of, of safeties with Ed Reed, Sean Taylor before he passed, uh, Brian Dawkins, Troy Palomalu, obviously. These were so, they, these players were so good. They affected the entire game from the secondary. This isn't Lawrence Taylor. This isn't James Harrison. It's not TJ Watt. This is, this is a defensive back. Troy Polamalu is my favorite. The 2019 defense was good, and they were pretty dominant, but they're not up They're not up there with 08, not even close. Uh, not yet, anyways, and when you think about the grand scheme of things. Will's second one. Hey, Jeff, when do you think the realistic Super Bowl window is for this team? My guess is the next two to four years due to KP8 being on a rookie deal and the new cornerstone pieces, TJ Minka and Kenny Pickett, will still will be still in their prime or just on the other side. I've always said that this is a two- to three-year process starting this year, meaning if they continue to make good moves, they continue to draft well, they keep the players that they feel are foundational, or as you put it, cornerstone pieces, two to three years. So I'm not saying that this team couldn't win this year, but in two to three years is when the expectation should be really, really high. Corey Eckenroth asks three, First one, what does a successful touchdown interception stat line look like this year for the starting quarterback uh, considering the circumstances? I always want at least two to one <laughs> touchdown to interception ratio, uh, but I would love three to one. I think that's successful. Uh, I, I, wanted, I don't want to see them turn the ball over. They, they don't have to throw for a crazy amount of touchdowns, but just limit the turnovers. His next question, part of the podcast from Monday, who does the Wizard of Boz have to pass to be the number one all-time kicker in Steelers history? Gary Anderson is the answer to that one for me. Uh, he's the one that's been the all-time kicker for, you know, they do the the all-time 70s teams or 80s, 90s, whatever. It's always Gary Anderson is like the the one guy it's always brought up. So Boz is, he's approaching that. I think that by the time he's done, unless they let him walk, which I doubt it, he could be the best kicker in Steelers history. And the next one, got a good one here. How late is too late for getting a, good, a question into the mailbag? That is a that's a really good question, and the reason why is that sometimes people get questions in late, and sometimes I'm like, "Hey, sorry, man, you missed it." So, as you all know, if you listen closely, I am a school teacher, and so in the summertime, I have more flexibility. So, for give me an example, on Wednesday night, I didn't record. I'm sorry, Tuesday night, I didn't record this till later after nine o'clock. My daughter was I was doing projects in and around the house. My daughter had volleyball, so I had to take her. I recorded when I got home. So those people had a lot more time during the school year, during the football season. I'm normally recording this a lot earlier before dinner on the East Coast. So uh, you have to get those questions in a little bit earlier. So that's a good question though. Zach Farnsworth says, hey Jeff, do you or any other BTSC members ever experience football burnout, especially during this section of the off season? What do you guys do to help prevent this? Uh, yes, we have talked with all of our staff. I wrapped up our staff meetings uh, not too long ago where I met with every single person on the podcast side, on the on the editorial side. Most of us do both. And I told them, look, burnout is real. If you need a little bit of time off, just let me know. And uh, everyone seems to be doing okay with it. It, it helps that this offseason has been a very busy one for the Steelers. When you think about like Minka Fitzpatrick's contract, they bring in Larry, uh, you've got minicamp, a lot of other news. There's plenty of stuff to talk about. But no, burnout is real. And so sometimes you just have to step away. 
So Dave Schofield this week is on vacation. He's doing the bare minimum in terms of articles. And he, even then, I told him sometimes if, if he needs a time off, like just say it and I'll cover it. Um, and when I, I at the end of the July, I'm going to be on vacation. I'll still do Let's Ride. But I'm going to be taking some time to myself to kind of get away from the computer a little bit. We all need that time to kind of reboot before the season starts. So good question. Johnny Bravo, do you think the Steelers can win the Super Bowl this year with competent quarterback and offensive line performance? Hey, nothing is out of the realm of possibility. I'm not going to put money on it this year, but at the same time, I said two to three years. That's my window for when this team should be vying for a championship again. Last question comes from Believers. Will you be attending any of the preseason festivities this year? Hashtag ride or die career, as all of you all said. And the answer is no, I'm not going to be going to any preseason games Probably not going to be making it to Latrobe either. Thought it might work out, but vacation plans are going to throw a wrench into that. I'm not going to choose Latrobe, St. Vincent College over the Outer Banks in North Carolina. I'm sorry. Don't, hey, sue me. All right. <laughs> I'll take the beach over anything pretty much. So, yeah, that's it. Great questions. I love the it sometimes the off-season mailbag is almost better than the in-season mailbag because you get these weird random questions, a lot of golf questions recently, which has been fantastic. Some people love to ask about the Pirates or the Penguins cuz I follow those teams as well. Just a lot of fun and it just again, I can't thank you all enough. The Ride or Die crew is the absolute best for being a part of the, the this mailbag in the middle of the dead months where Nothing is happening, and yet you still have all these questions. I love you all more than you know. Here we go. Let's, you know, we finished it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. I will see you on Friday. Go Steelers.